There's only one way a brand can make these kind of profits with these low prices, and that's exploiting human lives and the planet. Hello everyone, how are you guys doing? Um, today we're going to be talking about what the Shein stats say about fast fashion. And in today's episode, I really want to bring to the forefront um, an awareness of the massive issue that is fast fashion. Throughout my time on this podcast, I've talked about fast fashion here and there, and I've talked about how fashion has a very negative impact on the environment, but I've always brought in new innovations or technologies or innovators that are improving fashion and giving us hope for the future. However, for this episode, as we begin Fashion Revolution Week, I think it's really important to discuss it in an awareness standpoint only and to talk about the astronomical effects of fashion for us to really recognize the issue and to take action. I hope as you're starting Fashion Revolution Week, you are starting to get inspired or educated with how you can create change in the industry. Um, that's really what this is all about, so I hope you're enjoying it. If you are registered to see me tomorrow at the Reseller Series, I cannot wait to see you. Um, I'll be joining the Business of Cyclical Fashion Series, where I'll be talking about Reduce and Circularity, so if you've registered already, I cannot wait to see you. If not, I'll have that link there for some last-minute registrations, if you want. I did want to address my voice really quickly. I'm recovering from a pretty bad cold, so if it starts to get raspy or weird, that's probably why. Um, But yeah, with that said, let's get right into this. So for those of you who don't know or need a bit of a reminder, Shein is the worst contributor to fast fashion, trumping over their other fast fashion rivals in mass. And the way that they're doing this is by launching over 9,000 new products every single day. Let me say that again. 9,000 new products every single day. They, at any time, have as many as 600,000 products in their store. And their company is valued, as of 2021, at $30 billion with a big B. To give you an idea of scale, if we compare this to H&M's earnings during the same year, H&M's revenue was $12.4 billion and Zara was $13.2 billion. We've talked about H&M and Zara a bit in the past. We've also talked about M&S and a bunch of other fast fashion retailers. And to just put that on a whole different level, how Shein is making this much money really says a lot. They're mostly known for their disposable in nature social media fashion hauls, and their products range anywhere from $5 to $25 a piece. You can actually find an item for, I think, 75 cents on there, which is ridiculous. So when you listen to these stats, doesn't it make you think, like, how is this even possible? And also, how is this even legal? There's only one way a brand can make these kind of profits with these low prices, and that's exploiting human lives and the planet. I'd like to also quickly mention, making clothes is not cheap. Making a garment from start to finish, production, design, conception, to execution, delivery, and so forth, is not cheap. So the only way that a product can be made at this low price point and generate that level of revenue is by exploiting people, 
by exploiting workers. And the way that they exploit workers is contracting garment manufacturers or factories where forced labor, child labor, and basically slave-like working conditions are the norm. These people are not getting paid for what they worked for. Another way that fast fashion operates is on the foundation of exploiting the planet. And this includes primarily using unsafe and fossil-based materials like polyester, elastane, and spandex, and producing them in disgusting mass. The environmental effects of producing these materials, along with mass-producing anything in general, are astronomical. To give you an idea of scale, again, the fashion industry accounts for 20% of global wastewater pollution, and around 90% of fast fashion brands directly contribute to water pollution. By disposing of untreated factory waste into streams and rivers, many brands prioritize profits over clean water for the people who make their clothes. This runoff of chemicals, dyes, and other waste directly contaminates local communities' water supplies and ecosystem, leading to severe health conditions and even death and food shortages caused by biodiversity loss and degradation. Now that all just sounds like stats, but just imagine being at home and not being able to make food for your children because the food is contaminated, or not being able to drink water, I think around 70% of our body is made out of water, something like that, some large percentage like that. I'm not a doctor, so don't quote me on it. Um, But our bodies need water more than anything else. We need water for every single function. From the moment we wake up to the moment that we go to sleep, water is an essential part of our human function. And fast fashion is depleting these rights from workers and from the community even people who are not working in the fashion industry are getting affected by this level of mass production and irresponsible use of chemicals what this also says about fast fashion and the industry in general is there is zero regulation or legal accountability for regulating mass production and the severe negative human and planetary impacts brands have so again The biggest retailer of fast fashion is Shein. They produce over 9,000 items per day. At any time, their store has over 600,000. 600,000. That is 400,000 away from a million products in their store. And they're mostly known for the disposable nature fast fashion hauls. So once you've heard that information, Doesn't this make it all very real? Doesn't it make you think, how is this even possible? How is this legal? And we've seen some regulatory action being implemented or being trying to be implemented in certain areas of the world. For example, the new EU textile strategy um, that is trying to move the EU to a more circular economy. We've also heard of the New York Fashion Act, which I've talked about before, which is a piece of legislation that will hold fashion brands accountable to report on um, worker safety, environmental safety, and all that stuff. I've talked about that specifically in a different episode. I'll leave that in the show notes if you want to check it out. But with these new legislation and strategies, my question is, as I don't have all the answers, will the EU textile strategy affect the mass level of production and sales that Shein is bringing to the market? Will this force Shein 
and its other counterparts to reduce production, or will they simply take their business elsewhere? What about the New York Fashion Act? The US and the UK are one of Shane's top target audiences. Will this Fashion Act, if it's passed, will it impact Shane's production and consumption in the US? What do you think? Comment your thoughts on Instagram and let's continue the conversation. What I really wanted to do with this episode is, like I said at the beginning, bring awareness to the issues of fast fashion and fashion in general. But I also want you to connect it to your personal life. Right now, wherever you are, whether you're in your car, cleaning your clothes, whatever it is that you're doing, you're probably wearing clothes, some kind of clothes, even if it's just your underwear while you clean your house. You are indirectly or directly contributing to the solution or the problem by the way that you view, connect, and relate to fashion. And although we wish there wouldn't be such a large responsibility or an ask to raise their voice and take action, but this is really necessary. What we need is to reimagine how we connect with fashion and reimagine how we view the clothes that we are wearing every single day and who we choose to contribute to. If you walked down the street into a mall right now and saw images and videos instead of those nice fancy images of models, and if you saw them of how the water is polluted in Vietnam or in China, would you still buy? These are questions that you should ask yourself every time you make a fashion purchase. And I also want to add that I don't want to ruin your relationship with fashion. As I've said in the past, um, and I probably should say more often, that fashion is a gateway to expression and it's a truly wonderful thing that helps us feel confident. But when it comes down to the cost of others' lives and the planet, it needs to be seen in a different light. And I hope these stats ignite a feeling of change and invites you to think further about your consumption. And remember, human rights should not be a privilege only given to a select few. We all deserve human rights, whether we live in North America, or in Europe, or in Ghana, or in China, or in Vietnam, or in India, and I can keep going. I'm going to end it right there, and again, I really hope this episode ignites a feeling of change and inspires you to want to do better with how you view clothes and how you want to connect to fashion. And remember, sustainable fashion is not about buying something better, it's about changing our shopping behavior. So if we change the way that we see it, we may be able to start seeing action. If you don't already follow Fashion Revolution, this isn't a plugged ad, they're just really awesome. I would definitely recommend that you do. They're on Instagram and they're always educating people. There are also so many accounts out there that are smaller, that are growing, that are doing amazing and really educating people about sustainability. And I've included all of those people that you should follow in my resources for consumers page on my website. So if you want to follow someone, um, that will give you value and content for you to understand and improve your consumption with fashion, then I'll definitely recommend that you check out that page on the website. It's really great. I've got some videos on there as well. 
to learn about the issues and how you can improve. And before I leave, I would like to invite you to join me next time where I'll be interviewing the founder of a new innovative durable fiber made from abaca trees, which is a banana plant that could essentially replace the need for synthetics in technical apparel or outerwear. I'll be interviewing Hannes, the CEO of Banana Techs and Question. So if you want to learn more about Question or Banana Techs or Hannes himself, you can go onto my website and click the um, guest lineup that I've got going on there to see a little bit of information on this new episode that's coming out. And until then, I will see you on Instagram to continue the conversation and to hear your thoughts about if regulation will change how fast fashion works. All right, I'll see you there.